Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal every week to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we pray that it changes your heart and provokes life change and action. God bless, and please listen from your heart. Enjoy. Looking at the beginning of uh, the Ten Commandments, we'll be walking through the Ten Commandments, and I appreciate all of you being here this morning. It's a great opportunity to gather together to walk through some things. Uh, I promise we won't be going through this for 30 weeks, but we will we will be walking through this, uh, kind of walking through this and, and taking a modern spin on some of the aspects of it. So no other gods before me. Thank you for the children's message this morning. I think it adequately illustrated what was going on in this time period, and it fit what was going on even today. So thank you for that, and uh, thank you for the one who read scripture this morning. I think it was Macaulay. It was Trenton today. So uh, Trenton today. All right. So... uh, we're going to look at this passage. First off, who's speaking these words? See, the idea of this passage is this is, this is God speaking this, these words. So the divine being being the speaker here, it's, it's said in such t- tones that it can be heard. So it's meant to be heard by the multitudes. It's not just for those that are, that are able to discern and understand. It's meant for everyone to understand at all places. So it's said in such a way that we all hear and understand. All people, all creatures are able to understand this and understand that it's revealed from heaven. Have you ever had somebody scream out and call out for you and you knew immediately you needed to pay attention? Maybe it was growing up, you know, I knew when I heard my dad's whistle, he had a distinct whistle that I can't replicate, but you could hear it from far away. And you knew when he whistled, you better get back home wherever you were. These were one of those where it was getting your attention for you to hear the words that are about to be spoken. And as he says in a preface, he says, I am the Lord thy God. And so he's speaking to the Israelites, but bringing it all down to mankind. It shows that the law is meant for creation and their relationship with each other, but also their relationship with God. And the great call today is, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That means in His presence, beside Him, or accept Him. So these were given to the ones who had left Egypt, and these first are in their specific relation to God, the first four. It's a safeguard for those there. But the six after that, are for individuals and community and their well-being. So we see this powerful reminder. Verses 1 and 2 of this passage really bring it into focus. It says, Then God spoke all these words and said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This was physical enslavement. They spent years upon years upon years upon years in this form. They were made to work the sweat of their brow, given the materials they were given, under the oppression that they faced. 
They were there waiting for a God who would deliver them. What they may have saw as something that might not ever come came in the force of Moses and what he did and how he was able through God's power to take them from that. So it's a reminder that that God took them from their physical enslavement. So God has the power to deliver them from their physical enslavement, but also God wants them to understand that there doesn't need to be any other God before them. No other God compares to our God. No other God is able to draw the same correlation and understanding. Now, we see in, in, in the culture today that there's various forms of worship today. One form of, of worship today that many people are involved in, in our land, is occultism. Revelation 13.4, it says, that, And they worshipped the dragon and gave the power unto the beast, and worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Now, one million Americans, it said, Satan worship and all forms of those things are everywhere. It's estimated that one million Americans dabble in those forms of black magic. There are so many examples. Also, there's an example uh, talking about America's black pope. Anton LaVey has been called that. He is the head of the first church of Satan. So all of those things are going on in the culture we're in today. There are many who worship these beings, this, this idea is not foreign. Back in the, the Old Testament time, there was, a, there was a great difference between what they call polytheism, or many gods, and monotheism, which is one true God. So we see within this passage, we see the cross-references that are here. Now, cross-references, when they're, when they're given in the Bible, it's, it points to other points in the Bible where, where these truths are found to be evident, where these are able to draw correlations or draw a connection here. Deuteronomy 5 says this in verse 6 and 7. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Deuteronomy 6, 13 through 15 says this. You shall fear only the Lord your God and shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow other gods any of the gods of the peoples who surround you. For the Lord your God for the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Otherwise the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you, and he will wipe you off of the face of the earth. So we live in a culture today where there's just like that time, they they see the different groups around them. And they were increasingly in that culture willing to take on other gods from other cultures that were around them. It was, it was not too far from them to be captured or sent on exile or be involved in these other gods and worshiping them. Uh, and many cultures take it in this way. They say there's no problem with the Christian God or, or the God that we trust in. They also find no problem with other gods out there as well. So they have an idea that they think that there's okay to have all of this because it covers all bases. And so in my, in my understanding, in my mind, they think it's like a smorgasbord. If we have more, then that just makes all bases covered. But God doesn't want us to be 
kind of split in our divided heart. He doesn't want us to worship all of these other gods. He wants us to worship the one true God. And I believe throughout the biblical landscape, he differentiates himself from any other god. Now we said a minute ago about polytheism and monotheism. Polytheism is a belief in or worship of more than one god. In Scripture, it's forbidden because God has revealed Himself as the one true God. Israel in the Old Testament and the church in the New Testament lived among those polytheistic people. The Israelites shared in the worship and so became under God's judgment. Now, monotheism is believed that there's one God. It's distinguished from this polytheism, which brings the, the question the existence of more than one God. From henotheism, which worships one God without denying the existence of other gods. From atheism, which denies the existence of any God. The three great monotheistic religions in the world today are Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. The definition of monotheism is that if there is only one God, it follows the great deity is personal, is sovereign, infinite, eternal, perfect, and almighty. So in a culture like this, and in the culture of the biblical landscape we see there, there were many different cultures and backgrounds that believed in more than one God. They believed in worshiping many gods. In fact, they were willing to do so because they thought that it covered all bases. God differentiates himself in this passage and with his people. He says the people of Israel, which are his people, are to worship him and him alone, to have allegiance to him and him alone, to have that personal relationship with him and him alone, that nothing compares to him, that he is the creator, redeemer, that he brought them out of physical enslavement, and there is not one that compares to him. And while other gods say what they may or may not do, there is but one true God that you and I are to worship and give allegiance to and trust in. So how did Jesus, how did Jesus release us from spiritual enslavement? And why does this differ from any other religious type in our culture that is offered today? See, I think that he released us from that spiritual enslavement and differentiates himself because he is Lord. See, he is Lord, he is powerful, he is mighty to release us, he is mighty to save, he has power over our sin, and so through Jesus Christ, relieved us from that. It says that if we are to call on his name, then he will save us, redeem us from our sin. Our sin debt doesn't become a permanent thing in our life. He redeems us. But he differentiates himself as well and saves us as well by his presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to step out into a culture that believes so many wrong things and ha has bit into what everybody offers today. You know, it's kind of, we live in a world right now where everybody says what they think is right and wrong, and that's where they've kind of adopted or landed in their life. And so there's so many people that are unwilling to acknowledge the one true God because they don't believe in absolute truth. 
But here's the reality. God says what is right and wrong and true. And there is a defined right and wrong. And the power of the Holy Spirit is what speaks to each and every one of us today. And it reminds us of who we are, but it distinctly stands out from the world around us. And I have been one of those proponents where I'm going to tell you, do not follow a church, follow God. There are so many different churches in the American landscape today that have take the, taken a compromised approach to what is real in Scripture. They've said so many things are acceptable because they want to be culturally relevant. But here's the reality. You and I were never meant to fit into what everybody else is doing. In fact, we were meant to stick out. We were going to be, as the Bible says, we're going to be persecuted as He is persecuted. So when you and I stand on the principles and the leadership of God, then we don't just fit into the mold of society. We don't just go along with what everybody believes is right and wrong. We differentiate ourselves and so differentiate God by standing on His Word and His leadership in our lives without compromise. So no other God means we give Him the authority and give Him the, the control in our life and we believe that He through Jesus Christ, has redeemed us. So His power and His presence is what gives us the ability to stand when no one else will. And see, the, the reality behind all of this is, and maybe you're like this as well, I don't want a watered-down version. I want the real thing. See, in this world today, we, we have so many people that are willing to take a watered-down version of things because they don't want to face what's in front of them. Maybe it's their own compromise that they've made. Maybe it's their own belief system that they've invented or adopted. Maybe it's how they live. They don't want to change it, which I think is a lot of people. A lot of people are willing to adopt a lot of different things because they don't want to change, and they don't want to do what they ought to do. See, I believe there's no comparison when you really look down to the person and the God that we trust. There's no, there's no comparison when you really draw and try to draw correlations between the two. If you've ever had someone try to make comparisons between two things, it was something that was big when I was growing up. When I was growing up, there was a, there was a Coke versus Pepsi kind of thing. And it seemed to be in the media type thing back and forth. How many of you know that there's a difference in the taste? On those commercials, what they try to tell you? If I blindfolded you... Could you tell the difference and which one would you prefer? This is not the same kind of thing. This is not one of those things. There's a difference between those two. Yes, they're both soft drinks. Yes, they are both caffeinated. But let me tell you what, there's a difference between those two. And in our culture today, there's a difference between the world and what it offers, and there should be a difference in me and in you. So the first commandment tells us today, the first commandment tells us that we are not to have any other gods before Him. What does that mean to you when the Word of God says that? There's supposed to be no other gods before Him. If God is who the Bible claims He is to be, then He differentiates Himself from all other religions, all other gods that are afforded to humanity. And you say, well, have you ever seen 
anybody worship gods other than your God? And that's, that's a very interesting question because years ago, in the early 2000s, I had an opportunity to go to Seoul, Korea. And when I was in Seoul, Korea, I had an opportunity to see what that culture brought. Now, in that culture, they had different churches that were there, different uh, traditions that were there. And one of the places that, that I was brought to visit was a Buddhist temple. And it was beautiful. I mean, it was ornate, steeped in culture, steeped in deep beliefs and understanding. But as beautiful as it was on the side of that mountain, it didn't compare with God. As beautiful as it was and steeped in all of that, it was promising a whole lot of things but could not deliver in comparison to Christ. It was there and it was, it was beautiful at what it looked like, but it was not worship of God Almighty. So when we are to worship the one true God, that means that we are to look around us in our hearts and in our minds, and to trust in the salvation through Jesus Christ, who claimed and, and afforded us the ability to trust in Him as Lord and Savior. It means for you and I to recognize Him as Lord and Savior that we say this, it's our claim that He is God and there is no other. And if that claim is there in our life and guides our faith, and it should impact our devotion to serving Him both inside and outside the church. See, we must know Scripture, and it must inform every facet of our lives. That means this, that when we come to church, we get refilled. We spend time with God, re-energized. It invigorates our faith, but we take the words of Scripture and we let it make its way throughout every part of our life. In other words, the Word of God informs us, not culture. Culture doesn't inform me and tell me what I ought to be. It might tell me how to minister to somebody. It might tell me how to love my neighbor. It might tell me how to reach out to them in culture. It might inform me in that way. It might give me an idea in that sense. But the Word of God is what drives my heart and mind. The Word of God is what I want to be devoted to. And I choose in my life, just like you do, what I'm going to do every day, who I'm going to follow every day. And I understand, and many of us ought to understand, we all ought to understand, our decisions have effects on those around us, in our own lives and those that are watching. So it must inform everything that we say and we do in this life. Lastly, as we think this morning, if it doesn't change everything, then it has not changed anything within us. We know we live in a society where there are so many seeking out answers, more so now than ever. We are in a culture that is has so many offerings that are there. And when they look at the Christian landscape, they are trying to understand if our God is different than anything else around. And primarily and foremost, they see you and me and how we live, don't they? 
They see what we engage our lives and wrap our lives around. That's why it's so important as Christians that we adhere to the Word of God, that we stand firm on the principles of what it teaches, and that we make application in our life so that it not only speaks plainly, but it speaks directly to the culture around us. Not only does our life and should our life claim that there is but one God, but our life should show the world around us that He is so vastly different than the world and what everybody has to afford it. And in a culture where they accept everything and anything, you and I need to be different. But we don't need to neglect the portion of Scripture that says that we are to love. We are to love those different than us. We are to love those that are not like us in order that they might be willing to hear that God loves them too. See, we need to be clear in our understanding of Scripture. We need to be clear in our devotion to God. And we need to share with the world that there is a better way. There's a truth and a right and a wrong. And they need to deal with the sin in their lives. I find that so many people today, they throw up their hands like this, like, don't judge me. But I find that they're doing that because they don't want to deal with what they're facing in their hearts and minds. They're quick to say, well, you Christians do this and, and place that. No, we follow the one true God. And what we want you to be able to do is have freedom through that forgiveness and that hope and that understanding that only God can bring that nothing else is comparative in this world to God Almighty. And so while some people might say, well, you're offending me, what we're really trying to do is encourage them to believe in the one true God and to trust in His salvation. See, if we truly believe that Jesus is everything He says He is, then we've got to live that out. And we've got to understand that we cannot have any other gods before Him in our lives. Heavenly Father, God, we come this morning, God, we walk through a society and a world that does not value You, does not hold to the traditions that, that we've all had for many years, that does not talk about religion, that does not deal with things in the same way. Father God, in generations past, they would grab their Bible, they would be at church or or they would focus on the things which are pure, which are of you. But God, where everything used to turn back to the church, God, we live in a world that believes right and wrong is subjective from person to person. But Heavenly Father, in a world of many believers who say there's more than one way, God, you differentiate yourself by sending Jesus and say that Jesus made a way where there was no way, that Jesus is that way, truth and the life, and that no one gets to the Father except through Him. So God, you speak louder than ever before today. God, you tell us that we are not to worship anyone but you. And God, you offer repentance for all of us who seek that repentance, that forgiveness from what behavior has become the norm in our culture. Heavenly Father, I pray today, God, if we if we have placed any other habit, any, any other kind of practice out of any kind of order from God, what you have designated in our life, God, I pray that we ask forgiveness from that, God. 
God, in a way that the world has accepted things and churches have accepted things that are simply against the biblical word and against you, God. God, I pray that we turn from our wicked ways and follow you. Repent from our actions, God. Heavenly Father, there are so many that have accepted things that are so far from your word because they want others to like them or want others to accept them. Heavenly Father, your word is meant to be different. We are meant to stand out. We are meant to proclaim that you are the one true God. And we are meant to follow you and you alone. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that we have the courage and the tenacity, the boldness to be able to stand on your principles when no one else will. Heavenly Father, let us follow you to the letter of what you've called us to do, God. Let us have the courage to be who you've called us to be in a world that is so pluralistic, God. Help us to focus on you. God, we, we beg for forgiveness from our shortcomings, God. And God, in this time and this moment we have now, God, I pray that if there's someone that needs to know you as Lord and Savior, God, I pray if there's someone that needs to repent from their actions, God, I pray that today and now is that very time. God, bring clarity to, to your word and speak to our heart right here and now. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.